Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Isaiah's New Stand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. Uh, you know, how's it going? Uh, had a long week. Not a bad week, I would say. It was good. Um, worked, worked, worked. Uh, pretty much all I did. Uh, food Corner was pretty uneventful. I did go to Jupiter Donuts today, though. Um, and they had turnovers on display. And I'm a sucker for those. Um, you know that meme about like who's keeping Arby's in business? Um, I'm definitely one of those people because I love getting their toner- turnovers. And they got Reuben sandwiches right now. Um, that's a tangent. <laughs> but uh, the turnover was good. I also got a blueberry donut. But I didn't think about it. And I, d- I should have ordered a blueberry cake donut. That's usually what I want. But they had a blueberry with like a blueberry ice donut and I was like okay this should be fine and it was great uh what else did I get a big cinnamon roll so not too bad um other than that just you know like I said working living la vida loca and uh trying to find some news for you guys um this is uh, gonna be another Ukraine episode so there's that um, you know, I like to try to isolate it so that way it's kind of like all the war stuff I picked up in the in the week in kind of one episode and then we go from there um, throughout the rest of the weekend or what have you. Uh, but <clears throat> let's see. The first story I kind of got, well, I guess there's a little bit of preface, but I kind of might trickle it throughout. Um, Zelensky's kind of been on a little bit of a digital world tour, if you will. He's been, like, talking, doing, like, speeches in front of Congress, um, you know, here. Also talking to, like, I believe what is the, the, the Parliament or Common House. I don't know what they're calling it in the UK. I'd be forgetting. Um, he also talked to, like, the, the same in Germany, the same kind of body in Germany. Um, and he also was, like, kind of slick with it. Um, you know, he kind of dropped lines accordingly like with us he was talking he related a lot of things to like 9-11 Pearl Harbor uh for Germany he talked about like tearing down the wall like all this kind of stuff like trying to uh, make it like uh, stir emotions I believe um and you know he also you know reiterated like you know the whole close the sky um no fly zone stuff um you know just wanting to ask for more support um and like no matter how kind of hot he got or what have you like everyone really like stood up and cheered um you know had nice things to say um you know rooting for him so i mean he is getting aid still that's still you know incoming and everything but um there's definitely still limits excuse me um let's see let's see let's see I'm trying to think of other preface stuff i want to like kind of mention before i get into the articles that i know um yeah let's just get into it uh from bbc uh ukraine conflict uh putin lays out his demands in turkish phone call so apparently turkey is a part of nato but they're kind of like their own agent like they kind of do what they want a little bit and um you know they kind of align with nato in the sense of like ideals in a way, but not really. And, um, you know, it, it, it just kind of is what it is. I've learned a little bit about NATO over the past week and it's a lot. 
Um, but essentially, Turkey is kind of like saying, hey, like, we'll take the calls, we'll talk to Putin, you know, he's our guy, like, who's the name of the uh, president? Here we go. Recep Tayyip Erdogan, Erdogan. Um, so he's kind of been playing a little bit of go-between between, you know, Putin and, you know, powers that be. Um, so essentially there was kind of like a list of demands. I shouldn't say kind of, you know, I feel like these are hard demands by Putin that he wants. Um, but I mean, it is kind of split in terms of like severity or like how easy is this going to be able to like be accomplished for Ukraine to be like, Hey, can we capitulate and be okay with this or that? Um, one of the things was that they can't join NATO, um, Zelensky has kind of indicated that he's aware, like he knows, like that's that's a that's pretty much a forlorn fact that it's not going to happen. Um, but um, also, he pushed again the denazification thing. He's like that's got to be you know in writing in here. Um, also, he needs to make sure that Russian languages are preserved. Um, which I guess is kind of a part of his whole genocide angle spiel from Putin. Um, and, and a lot of people are saying like, oh, that's a big slap in the face. Um, you know, Zelensky is Jewish. Um, and so for him to say, oh yes, my country has Nazis in it and we're going to do what we can to like get rid of all Nazis, you know, it, it just, it's one of those things that is like a slap in the face or, you know, it's it's a little bit extra, a little bit laying it on thick. But um, as I kind of stated before, um, not that this is something that goes to denote from supporting Ukraine or what have you. But yes, there are Nazis in Ukraine, just like there are Nazis in Russia. There are sadly still Nazis in Germany. And there are weird, like, what is it? Red suspender, head ass, neo-Nazis here in America. So it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, there are racists everywhere still, sadly. You just couldn't, like, beat racism. Um, but at the same time, it's not an excuse for war. Um, also, the Crimea situation is still, you know, kind of hard tack to this. Um, you know, more or less in writing now. It's like, hey, Crimea is officially annexed. It's not a part of Ukraine. Um, as well as, like, regions like Donbass, things like that, they might be like independent regions, so not necessarily Russian, but not Ukrainian. Also, they want a dearmament, which I think is kind of played down here, because, I mean, at least in this article, um, like, just because that's pretty much saying, like, they, they don't want um, Ukraine to be able to fight against them. You know, like, they want them to not have to worry about their defenses, I guess, more or less what they were trying to say. And, um, that is a scary thing because naturally they've gotten all this armament, you know, all this stuff that's keeping them in this fight right now. Um, which also, I think it was another thing I was thinking about, um, you know, in terms of how is Russia progressing, um, they haven't really done much in terms of like pushing things. They haven't taken any other city. Um, things are still kind of in play that are in play. Like Kiev is still a thing. Um, you know, it's not Russia's, it's not controlled by Russia, but it's still under siege. Um, Mariupol, which we'll be getting to later, um, has been being bombed, has been bombed a lot. Also, the bombing has kind of been extended across Ukraine. So now it's like people are really kind of thinking, well, this is really focused in the east. And if you just get to the west, you're okay. 
but there have been bombings as far as like Liev, which you know when you, if you look on Ukraine on a map, if you look at Ukraine on a map, you can kind of see okay that's like near Poland, and you're supposed to be a lot safer. But there's been bombings near there to kind of show, hey, look, we are willing to hit wherever there's military activity against us, is more or less what Russia is saying. So, you know, I mean, it's a big list of demands. Also, uh, Putin has said, I want to meet with Zelensky one-on-one, a little mano-a-mano situation, which which Zelensky wants as well. Um, But also there's a preface that the peace talks and everything with, like, that are going on in Belarus between Russian and Ukrainian, um, you know, ambassadors, what have you, um, that's still being worked out. And there's also other talks going on in other places. So, I mean, they're still trying to hammer out that. Like we've said before, it's hard enough to handle and open up a humanitarian corridor for people. So, I mean, it's, it's also scary, too, and this is a little bit of speculation for me, um, is that is Russia doing this to kind of stall, like... Uh, you know, are they saying like, hey, yeah, this is what we want. We're open to this. We're open to this. And then you, you talk, and you talk, and you talk, and you talk, and you talk. But then next thing you know, you know, this is dragged out now for a month or two. People are still not getting food. You know, civilians are still getting bombed. So, I mean, it's a situation at hand that's really nasty. Also, I think as well, Putin's going to want other things because the sanctions right now are so harsh. And if you don't get some guarantee that there's going to be some you know, levity, that there's going to be some easement of that, then why would you let off the gas pedal, you know? So, also to follow up on this bit, uh, Putin held a little bit of a rally, um, which was kind of interesting. Also, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say it, um, Putin's got drip. I feel like it's kind of understated. People talk and they're, they're calling him a madman. They're calling him a bad man. I will definitely say he is a bad man. He's not a good guy in this story. That's for sure. He's definitely the villain. But he is dressing like a Bond villain. Okay, and I mean, he, and and this is, and I've been you know seeing some documentaries and stuff like that. I mean, he's kind of had this like demeanor, this this swagger the whole time. So I mean, I'm giving him that. He came out in this, um, this like. I don't know what you call it. I really it felt like a prep rally. It felt like like something I, I would see it as a kid going to school. And it was just like, you know, to get you hype. Um, but this is for Russia. It had a big turnout. I believe like over 10,000 people um, came out in support, you know, chanting Russia, Russia, Russia. Uh, I got this from Reuters, by the way. Um, but yeah, let's see. It's in Moscow Stadium, Lesniki Stadium. Uh, hopefully I said that right. But, um, yeah, he came out with the turtleneck and, like, the, I think it's a down jacket, um, looking, you know, looking kind of nice. I'm not gonna lie to you there. For, you know, for an autocrat, he's really flexing right now. Um, but, I mean, essentially, you know, just kind of, also, he's 69, which is, it's the nice number. Um, besides the, the no hairline, I mean, he's, he's looking pretty healthy. I'm just gonna say it. I'm just gonna say it, dude. <laughs> I've seen some articles are like, is he ill? I'm like, I don't think he's ill. I don't know. Maybe. Gosh, I don't know. <laughs> but um, anyway, enough about that. Like I said, he was he it was really like trying to pump up the situation, saying, hey, you know, things are the military operation is going well. Um, he is he's pushing for what slogans were saying, a world without Nazism. 
Um, which wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be swell? Um, but yeah, I mean, essentially, it was really flowered. Um, there was like band, a band that played. Um, let's see what else happened. There was a cutaway, like a little bit what they call the glitch. I haven't heard any details about what happened. Like, what was the reason? You know, naturally my brain goes, oh, someone tried to hack the thing or whatever. But, um, you know, it wasn't said, but they, like, had a cutaway. There was, like, some kind of music, kind of, like, throwback reel playing. And then they went back to the speech. Um, and um, let's see. There was a, let's see. There was a poet that uh, talked. Um, let's see. What's, what was the name of the poet? Fyodor Fyodor Tuchchev, um, whose verses warned Russians that they would always be considered slaves of the Enlightenment by Europeans. Um, that was read out loud. So I mean, that's that's some intense reading. Um, but yeah, I mean, interesting kind of event that kind of transpired. And I I think too where. People get upset seeing this when they see Russians being supportive. But you just have to understand that, like, we have the same kind of situation that happens here in America. We would get whipped up about going to war in Afghanistan or whatever we were doing. Or even, too, like, the lack of, like, ire that we might have over situations that were happening. Like, I I learned about a lot of things that happened during the Obama administration after the fact. Because it was made so light by the press and it was made so light by the people around me at the time that it just was like, oh, okay, everything's smooth sailing. Everything's going well. It's like we're living in the 90s. But no, things were not, things were not good in the hood, especially if you, know, if you were in Yemen. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, just something I wanted to cover there. Um, a little bit of a break in the Ukraine stuff, staying in Russia. Uh, there's an update on the Brittany Grenier uh, situation. Uh, I got this from The Independent, uh, the title. Brittany Grenier's family say she's okay, but not good, as WNBA pushes privately for her release from Russia. Um, so essentially, she is, her like arrest or investigation has been extended to May 19th. So it's definitely looking like she's going to be in prison with I believe they also describe in the independent how the prison is so she's going to be in prison t- for two months um also with two other people so I mean if you see the you know the um Brittany Grenier I posted a picture before and previous episodes uh but she's very tall very very tall woman um and for someone like that to be in a cramped situation with two other people that's crazy um like the diameters that they go through, it just more or less describes, like, I'm very sure that she can just reach across and, like, no, have no problems, you know, touching end-to-end of this whole cell. Um, but essentially, she hasn't had too much contact. I believe even, like, the U.S. is, like, pushing to get more contact with Moscow and, and everything, and there's just kind of been a little bit of static or not too much um, correspondence um back but i think they are pushing for it um hopefully there will be more updates um but yeah i mean it's definitely a shitty situation it sucks too that you know 
Russia kind of sat on it. And then like we heard about it, you know, via an Instagram post from her wife. Um, so the situation is just like really dragged. I've also seen like on Facebook and other media, like, why aren't people talking about Brittany Grenier? Why aren't like the press talking about it? And I mean, I, I think that's kind of like one of those things where sadly it's obvious why they aren't. But at the same time, it is out there to to find. You just have to look at it. You have to look it up. You have to go find it. Uh, that's the beauty of the internet and the times that we live in. Um, but yeah, so that was also a thing. Also, I'm going to shout out to independent ads. It reminded me of the thing I was going to definitely miss. And I don't have a source for it. But Russia did go on to actually ban us back, do some sanctions back. Um they they listed a few people off the top of the dome, Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, and Hunter Biden. They they just threw those up there. Um I think there were several others and essentially like they can't do any business in Russia and they can't go to Russia. Also Jin Bisaki, who I'm going to be honest, have a little crush on. That's that's my little my little liberal crush, I'm not going to lie. Um but um yeah, they're they're banned. They're banned from Russia. Uh they didn't take it too hard though. Um, but yeah, that's definitely some little bit of extra, um, some more sad news from Ukraine, uh, some journalists and a cameraman, um, were killed, uh, doing some stuff, like doing some, obviously filming, recording. The first I wanted to talk about was Brent Renaud. He passed away, I believe in Earpin, um, and he... I don't have too much details, and obviously they aren't, like, super great, um, but he was shot and killed. Uh, he was, I believe, doing a documentary. He had, like, other credentials from, like, the Times and stuff like that because he's worked with them. Um, but I don't know if he was, like, independently working or just doing something for another group that hasn't come out yet. But uh, that was sad to find out about, and I think it's one of those things where... You hear that, and it's something that reminds you that this is arcing up. It's really bad, and it's home. Like it hits home. Um, these are these are Americans. These are people who, you know, maybe walked your same street or lived in the same state. Obviously, we're all countrymen. That kind of thing. Uh, two others who were killed uh, was uh, a veteran cameraman and a Ukrainian journalist. Um, let's see. Pierre Zak- Zakruski, uh, who's 55 years old, who was 55 years old. Um, and then Oles Cassandra, Sasha Kuvisnova, who was 24. Uh, they were shot, I believe, yes. So that is sad. They worked for Fox News. Um, so essentially, they, I guess they had to verify everything and get... Because initially, it was just the cameraman who was reported... But I totally get how these situations kind of happen. You hear a thing and you have to confirm it. And, you know, you you confirm it. And as it's confirmed, you put it out potentially because it's really important news. And this all moves fast. So, you know, and then they updated it later. But uh, they were they were shot. And, you know, I, I, I want to say the line of duty. I don't know if that's the wrong words to say. But, I mean, obviously they were out with soldiers, you know, doing their job. Showing us images that, you know, help give us perspective. Um, I know there's some times where I can be really kind of almost upset with how journalism, how press can kind of 
manufacture shape a story how you can also then there's people on the ground suffering doing a thing and you're just watching with like a camera with a microphone in hand what have you and these people are living in a moment and you really aren't doing anything but just spectating but the reason they do that is so that people like me people like you can get news so that they can they can understand what's happening in a place far far away and get some understanding and that means a lot. Um, in, in, in the situation with Russia, it sucks that it's being censored so much. And that's the thing that, that's the thing that sucks. It, with Russia, it sucks because they're, they're doing some imperialist shit. But they're also right to say that we're doing imperialist shit. We're guilty of the same kind of crimes. Um, you can have this conversation across the board with all kinds of superpowers and all that shit. But the nice thing about America is that we at least have the freedom to speak. We have the freedom of news and that if we do the work, we can find it. We can decipher it. Um, and I think that's a beautiful thing. I know I don't say maybe as much pro-American shit as I should, but I do love where I live. I do love that I have the opportunity to freely and easily, you know, speak what I believe in. You know, speak what I believe in. And um, that's nice. Um, but condolences to them. Flowers to them. Um and some other news in Ukraine, uh, a kidnapped Ukrainian mayor was freed in a special operation. Officials say, I got this from ABC News, and I'm also going to... Uh, also, sorry about any potential excess noise. You know, I'm filming this in a little apartment. So, you know, it's it's a Saturday. People like the jam. I get that. Ooh, eat. Um, trying to give you a little bit of a drink ASMR here a little bit. I got my beer. I got a little coffee, too, I made. So, you know, we're, we're chilling. We're chilling. Oh, man. Mm-mm-mm-mm. So, this is, um, I didn't cover this, but it's something that I kind of happened and transpired throughout the week. But there was a kidnapping, and I believe this happened in another Ukrainian city as well. But the Russians have been occupying this town. Uh, this is, uh, Melitopol, Melitopol. Um, and the mayor was essentially told, hey, you have to comply with us. You have to do what we tell you to do. Set these rules. Things are going to go well. You'll be fine. Everything will be fine. He was trying to be as compliant as possible, but also he wasn't going to comply with everything. You know, so he was more or less, they came to him and said, all right, we're taking you out of the situation. I think they actually like charged him with things. And um, there's actually on the BBC, they actually interview him, which was a really good interview. Because he just got to explain the situation. And he said they didn't hurt him. You know, they didn't interrogate him in a way that was, like, cruel or vicious or anything like that. But he explained, like, they weren't polite. You know, and what he meant by that was, he's like, they sat me in a room with, like, I think he said, like, three, four other guards, guns. And sometimes they were nice. Sometimes they were very direct. They were very rude. And, um... You know, I just sat there and, you know, I got, I think he said he got some food and, you know, water, stuff like that. But he was just 
there. He was stuck. Um, they also put in a pro-Russian mayor. Ooh, excuse me. Uh, Galina Danielle Chinko. Um, I got that source from the insider. But she was essentially installed and more or less was telling them to, hey, this is your new reality now. Like it was like it was weird, like COVID talk, which is also so strange. Where It just reminds me how like Western like fake news, COVID talk, all of it is like retrended and rebranded across the world. Um, but it's like, yeah, this is the new normal. You got to get used to it. And like, this is where we are now. And, um, but he was freed and they kind of, in the BBC interview, they asked him like, well, what do you think about this lady? She's like, uh, well, I mean, she wasn't elected. Like she just wasn't an elected official. She wasn't even in the running when we had the elections. So like, you know, and he just kind of left it at that. Like, so I imagine he's going to try to get a spot back or what have you. I don't know. It might be like, she's just kind of here until they leave. Um, but definitely a spooky situation. When I heard about that, I was like, oh man, they're making moves. Cause like a lot of, like I, I even heard in one of the podcasts I listened to, they're like, oh yeah, they're definitely never going to do something like that. Like they're not going to like just replace the government and, um, you know, and then try to like work it that way. And then that's literally what happened for a week. So I was like, well, I don't know. This is a little crazy, but, um, you know, I mean, this, this is all still a toss up, um, to an extent, I think the Kremlin and everyone, Putin, they're trying to throw things at a wall here. Um, they're they're using their own tactics that worked in other places, um, which is where I'm kind of kind of end off here with the Mariupol theater bombing. Um, it's a sad situation. I'm glad that more people weren't hurt, but I mean, still, there's this loss of life every day in these kind of situations and these kind of bombings. And also, it's sad too because these are landmarks that are being bombed. Um, and it just shows the, the, the wanton disregard here. Um, and people keep talking war crime, war crime, war crime, war crime. And they are, these are, these are atrocities that are happening every day now. Um, but it's just sad that like these people, they, they put on this theater, Hey kids, like if you see the layout of the city from like the sky, from like a satellite, which is what they would, the kind of technology they would be using to do these kind of bombings. It's like, Hey, there's, they put they put in Russian. There's children. Um, you can see it on both sides of the theater. Um, essentially, it was bombed for days. Like they were shelling for days. Um, luckily, I guess how it was built, a lot of people I believe were able to survive and be okay. But still, it's just a situation of getting aid, um, you know, support, and getting any of that is still hard. Because, like I said, there's, the corridor situation is just nasty. It's still not happening. It might open for a little bit. There might be a little bit of safety. Uh, luckily, I think there was like a convoy of 2,000 people. Um, also, I got this from BBC as well. Um, there's a convoy of about 2,000 people who were able to kind of get out before the main round of bombings like really started rolling. Um, so that's good. But, I mean, this is some really nasty shit. Um it's like a medieval style of, of warfare, but it's worse because there's more people. Like, it's it's not some some city fortress style, old hovel ass area, village. This is like a big city. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's gruff. It's wild shit. Um, 
hopefully, I mean, I, I do know the news I got. It's like I got the pool. Um, but hopefully the, the rest of the stories will be cool, different, diverse. Like I said, we're definitely going to take a break from Ukraine, obviously, for the rest of the, the weekend. Um, hopefully you guys have a good one. Um, let's see. It's time for me to do some shilling. Uh, Patreon.com slash Isaiah News. If you want to support the podcast, I'd appreciate it. $5 gets you in the Newsy Club. Put you in the Discord real quick. We can talk. We can chat. Um, but Freeway. Oh, also you get a little shout out too. You know, I can talk about what you want to talk about on this podcast. I can say your name if you want. Uh, shout out to Queen Newsy. Uh, Stephanie M. You're the greatest. Love ya. Um, let's see though. Other ways you can reach me. Beat me. Uh, News one at gmail.com. News one is also the Facebook. And then Isaiah News is the Instagram and Isaiah underscore news is the Twitter. I'm out here. I'm social. Get at me. Um, other than that, though, be easy. Keep it breezy. And hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. Love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.